Hello, my lovely family in the podcast world. How are you doing? This is Joseph Hallard, your friend. I'm teaching on how to use the winds of prophecy. How to use the winds of prophecy. Okay. Now, you got to appreciate one thing, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, wind is spirit. Okay? Your spirit is like wind. The real you is a spirit. It's like wind. It's like a mist. Okay? Now, the wind is of no use until the wind finds animation or finds expression. So your body becomes that vessel that your spirit, that's wind, uses to do things. So when I move my hand the way I've just done, it's my spirit animating the hand. It's my spirit causing it to work. So if the works of your hands are not producing results, then you have a spiritual problem, okay? There's a problem with your spirit. Your spirit is incapable of causing your hands to do things in a way that can benefit you, okay? Now, if you're having relationship problems, then it's principally a spiritual thing because your spirit doesn't have the capacity to use your mouth to create words that can cause someone else to love you and then to sustain that love, you see? So it's a mouth thing. It's not what's wrong with these men or what's wrong with these women. Marriage doesn't work and all that stuff. No, it's your spirit. The wind in you, your spirit is the one that needs to be knowledgeable about the wisdom of relationships. It's called Sophia wisdom. That's the wisdom that enables you to know how to deal with spirit, wind, and the physical aspect of things, okay? So a lot of people get into relationships based on physical appearance. Now, physical appearance is significant. It's got its place because, you see, natural things are naturally designed and spiritual things are also spiritually designed. So we cannot then ignore the physical appearance of somebody or something. See, this is the reason why most of what we see as food coloring is really to get us to be physically attracted to the food. If the food is not well presented, and if the colors are not attractive or appealing, you might as well not have appetite for it, even if it's delectable, savory, and more sumptuous or delicious, whatever word you want to use, okay? So the physical aspect is significant, but the physical is controlled by the spiritual. So spirit is wind or breath. The spirit of God is Oah Elohim, the breath of God. So when God breathes out, he breathes out life. Remember, in John 20, Jesus breathes out onto his disciples. He blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It meant that the breath of Jesus was the Holy Spirit. And he said, now that you've received the Holy Spirit, if you forgive somebody of their sins, they're forgiven. You see, that's so powerful. Now look, why do people divorce? You see, the Bible says, if you forgive somebody of their fault, they are forgiven. In other words, the power to forgive is now with those full of the Holy Spirit. You see that? So why is it that you have these differences that can't be forgiven? You see, it's a spiritual problem. There's a problem with your spirit, not with your spouse. Oh, 
<laughs> Your spirit is incapable of solving the problems presented to it. So it decides to run away. It's like it dies, you know. If your spirit is incapable of controlling your body, the spirit leaves the body. And that's what we call death. Okay? The body is no longer useful. It's not conducive as the domicile of your spirit. So your spirit leaves it. So relationships break down when your spirit is incapable of fixing what's wrong. You see? So it's the death of the relationship because one spirit leaves another. You get that? But if you have the word of God within you, which is the wisdom of God, which is also the breath of God, because the Bible says all scripture is God breathed, okay? And it's profitable. All of it is profitable. So scripture is profitable for my marriage. Profitable. If I make a mistake, scripture is profitable for fixing that mistake. You see that? All scripture is profitable. So the one who doesn't know scripture will have issues with relationships, issues with finances, issues with physical health, issues with everything. Yeah? They have problems with the weather. You know? It's too cold. It's too hot. It's too this. It's too, it's too that. They have a problem with everything. The government is this. Government is that. Because they can't solve problems. And see, I, I've taught you many times that entrepreneurship is really about solving problems skillfully, yeah? consistently, and sustainably. And then costing no solutions. That's what entrepreneurship is, you know. I was in the bathroom, and I was, I was, I enjoyed showering. When I'm showering, I, I hear the voice of God, so I can stay in the shower for a whole hour. You know, I just enjoy the water. It's so beautiful. But I, I began to think like an entrepreneur. I said, how did we used to bathe or shower before? You used to scoop water with your hands and pour it like this over yourself, you know. And then somebody came up with a, a genius idea that you can actually just turn something like this, twist it that way, and water flows from above you. So it washes you from above. That's much better, you know? You see, that's an innovation. Their spirit had a solution to the showering problem, you see. After solving the problem, they put a price tag to it. That's what we call business, entrepreneurship, okay? Yeah? Their spirit thought. You see, it's your spirit that thinks. It's all your head. Okay? <laughs> this, this is the monitor, okay? From the computer. <laughs> it doesn't do the work. It only shows what, what work has been done inside, okay? So, <laughs> you have softwares, you have hardwares in there. So now, your spirit does the thinking. Your spirit has a mind. Your spirit has emotion. Your spirit is what feels. And your spirit makes decisions. And then the body is instructed by your spirit to do those things. It's thought about, it's felt, and it's decided to do. You understand? So this guy decided, I'm solving this shower problem. I can't always take water with a container pouring all over me or jumping into a river, you know, something like that, or a lake. It is easier. I need to shower within my house. Then, of course, you know, they call it the call of nature, but I think it's the call of God. Now, when people go for calls, you understand what I mean? Yeah? <laughs> now it's a calling. So, <laughs> so I thought, which Arab is this that came up with this wash pot? You know? That basin where we sit when we are making a call. Yeah? You know, it's, it was invented by these Arabs. Yeah? 
they're the ones who are so so particular about hygiene, especially when you go to the toilet. I said, this is another invention. Look, somebody's spirit thought, look, we, we can't do the, the, the long drop forever, you know? We can't do that forever. We need to sit comfortably and even read a magazine while at it. You understand? It was a spirit, the wind, that thought it, invented it, innovated it, and then put it in the market. And everybody's using the same thing now. Then I looked to the side and saw tissue paper. Before, people used leaves. You go to study history, see how people used to handle themselves. Then somebody said, no, we need something softer, something that's easier to use. And they came up with a tissue paper. And it just kept going on like that. So these are spirits that can solve certain problems, you see. They didn't say, okay, we're going to be stuck forever. We've got to solve this problem. And I'm still thinking it could be better, you know. What, what, what if there was some water that's, you know, vapor, whatever you call it, that can be used to clean you up, you know, you just sit there and it measures and finds out, okay, you're done. Based on the pressure that you exert, yeah, you're done. So it just activates that little thing and it washes you and it dries you up. Instead of having to use tissue, you know, things like that. Wouldn't that be better and cleaner, yeah? The tissue doesn't do a clean job. It still leaves some things there. So we, we need the spirit to solve the problem at a higher level. Okay, but I want to talk to you about how to use winds, the winds of prophecy. Because to prophesy is to speak forth God's heart. And for you to speak forth God's heart, you need to know how God talks. And he talks using nature. Romans 1 verse 20. That the invisible attributes of God, his divine power, his divine attributes, his person, are clearly seen, being made manifest by the things that are created, so that you're without excuse. Romans 1 verse 20. So for you to know the invisible attributes of God, his divine power, the way he operates, if you want to know about such things, then watch nature, that they are made manifest, being clearly seen when you look at the natural things. So when you study the winds, then you know, because that's part of the things he created, then you know about his invisible attributes and his divine power, okay? <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah? So the world is controlled by four winds. The world has four corners. Yeah, it's a globe, but it has four corners. The foundations are four. The things that hold the, the earth in place, they're called four winds, okay? And these four winds are controlled, managed by, and manned by four angels. So that towards the end of the age, these four angels will be instructed to withhold the winds. And certain things will happen on the face of the earth. Now, let's look at the book of Revelation 7 verse 1. Revelation 7 verse 1, and the Bible says, And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, holding them. Yeah? Remember, angels are wind too. That the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. As in, they held back oxygen. They held back the winds. Yeah? Verse 2 says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt 
the earth and the sea. They were going to hurt the earth and the sea by withholding the winds, the four winds. Yeah? There are four distinctive winds. Verse 3 saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. You see that? So the four winds are real and active, and they cause life to thrive on the face of the earth, and on the sea, and even in the air. Okay? Now, when Jesus returns, he will gather his people from the four winds as well. Okay? So Matthew 24 verse 31 says, And he shall send his angels. See, he uses angels all the time. In, in other words, uh, God is not going to do anything without angels. He sends them. That's why Malak, that's their name. Malak, messengers. Okay? So you need to be accustomed to angelic ministry. You need to know how angels operate. But angels are invisible. But for you to know them, you need to watch visible things that represent them. Okay? You get that? So Matthew 24 verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So they'll be gathered from the four winds. Okay? But now let me... But let me just go into the details of the various winds. Let's start with east wind. Now, this is the wind used for destruction. East wind is the wind used to destroy things. It's also the wind used for blasting open things that are blocked. Okay? You get that? If doors are blocked for you, the east wind should blast that off if you know what to do. If you understand the wisdom of God. So you can say, east wind, you know, open up this door for me. I keep knocking at this door, it's not opening. Yeah? This is a marriage door. Open up this door for me. Just like the uh, Israelites, God sent the, the east wind, and the east wind blew open the Red Sea, and they walked on dry ground. You see that? But the same east wind was used to punish the Egyptians because the east wind brought locusts, and locusts stand for demons. In Revelation, they are actually described in details. Locusts represent demons. Locusts are the physical, natural things we see that are representative of demons that we don't see. You get that? So God works that way. If you can't see it with your normal eyes, he'll show you its example or its similitude in the natural so that in your mind, which is the eye of your spirit, you can see the image. Okay? Wonderful. Alright. So, the locusts were sent to destroy everything the fruits the trees everything and you know once the trees are destroyed there's no grass there's no food people die okay exodus 10 verse 13 to 15 the bible says and moses stretched forth his hand his rod over the land of egypt and the lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night and when it was morning the east wind brought the locusts okay 14 and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested in all the coasts of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no such locusts as they. Neither after them shall be such. These were demonic things, you see. There were none like them. There were none that will ever be like them. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. These are locusts that bring darkness. Yeah, And they did eat every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left, and there remained not any green thing in the trees. 
or in the herbs of the field throughout all the land of Egypt, east wind destroyed Egypt. Okay? It destroyed food crops. Genesis 41 verse 23. And behold, seven ears withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. Remember the dream of Pharaoh that Joseph was interpreting. The Pharaoh dreamed that there were sheaves that were healthy, and then there were sheaves that were thin, blasted by the east wind, and the thin ones swallowed up the fat ones. Then there were seven fat cows and seven thin cows, and the seven thin cows swallowed up the seven fat cows, and Joseph interpreted that to mean the seven sheaves and the seven cows stood for seven years. Seven years of prosperity, then swallowed up by seven years of famine. Okay? You see, that's how the prophetic world operates. So the east wind can cause crops to fail. Alright? Now, careless words as well can fill your spirit with the east wind. And most of the problems human beings have arise from negative words they've spoken. Or negative words spoken to them or against them that they believed. Yeah? For example, if you start saying, I'm good for nothing, or you start telling your child, you're good for nothing, you're filling their belly with the east wind. It will destroy them. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the food there, the food thereof. They'll fill your belly. You eat the fruit. You see that? You eat it by speaking. Jesus said, it is the words you speak that either defile you or justify you. Okay? So the words you speak will, you know, uh, Matthew 12, 36, 37, you'll be justified by the words you speak. Yeah? That you'll give an account concerning every idle word that you've spoken. So you can fill your belly with east wind. Then you start falling sick and things start falling apart and all that. Okay? Job 15 verse 2, the Bible says, Should a wise man utter vain knowledge, or vain words, and fill his belly with the east wind? Huh? But if you speak negative things, you're filling your belly with east wind. Now, John 7.38 says that those who believe out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. Now, I'm now speaking rivers of living water coming out of my belly. The belly is the spirit. That's where your spirit is. So the Bible says here that if you speak negative things, oh, I'm sick. Oh, I'm sick and tired. Oh, you know, I'm broke. You know, things like that. I don't have money. We are going to die. We are going to die. You know, now people talk. <laughs> this thing is going to kill all of us. No, those negative, I'm giving an example. That's not my speech. I'm teaching now, okay? I don't talk like that. I speak life. I say, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. You see, I say I'm prosperous and successful. I don't say I'm broke, needy, and all those things. Yeah? I used to be before I knew this truth. But after knowing the truth, now I fill my belly with living waters. Okay? Speak the right word. Now, there are certain people who are so foolish that they think every funny person should be listened to. The funny people who speak death. And they'll speak, you laugh, yes, but they filled your belly with death. It's funny, but to your tummy, it ain't funny. Okay? <laughs> so, listen selectively. Don't just listen to everything. I don't believe everything. Check to see if it's the word of God. The word that brings life, okay? So, east wind can mess your belly, okay? All right? But the beautiful thing is, I also told you it can blast open all the hindrances in front of you. 
Exodus 14 verse 21, the Bible says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. You see? How nice. Now, Jonah, remember Jonah? The guy was running away from God because he didn't want God to forgive the Ninevites. After God got him swallowed up by fish and he was spewed out right into his destiny, <laughs> after three days and three nights, the guy sat somewhere after declaring the word of God to see how God would destroy Nineveh. But the Ninevites decided to repent. They caused everything, everything to fast that day. I'm telling you, even the leeches and the bedbugs fasted. Everything, the mosquitoes, the cockroaches, everything. Yeah. The Bible says all things that were created in that land were commanded by the king to fast. And then God forgave them and blessed them instead of the judgment that was impending. And Jonah didn't like it at all. Jonah wanted them dead. Yeah. And like some of you want your enemies dead. No, please. The Bible says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Love those who hate you. That's our calling, okay? We are above these petty things. We are children of the living God. I can love my enemy. Come on, I don't have enemies. But if anybody thinks I am their enemy, the only thing I've got for them is love. No vengeance, nothing. I'm not going to call fire to follow me. Fire is supposed to burn demons, not people, okay? No, no human being was ever created to be burnt in any fire, okay? So those of you immature preachers who call brimstone and fire upon people, have you ever noticed they never really die? Yeah? <laughs> Just hot air. Hot air without power. You, you release brimstone and fire and nothing. The person is still alive 10 years down the line, still troubling other preachers. You know? <laughs> so we've not been called to kill anybody, okay? The Bible says, bless only, don't curse. Bless only, okay? Otherwise, you'll be filling your own belly with east wind as well. You die way before the one you cursed. You know? <laughs> God, people need to be wise. I can see Joseph Nderita is watching us. God bless you. God bless you so much. Uh, Daisy Kringer is watching us too. Love you guys. My family. Love you guys so much. Okay. So, the east wind can fill your belly. But Jonah here sat somewhere. It was very hot. So, God cost a good to grow to provide him with shelter and then after that god sent a little worm god likes to use worms when he's doing his work like in hell there's just one little worm assigned to every person and that worm just doesn't die the bible said the, their worm never dies you know so it eats all the flesh and once the flesh is finished new flesh comes on and then the fire burns it and barbecues it then the worm eats, so it's the worm and the fire and the worm and the fire. So God assigned a little worm to eat this gourd. After that, he sent an east wind that blew over the gourd and it withered. You see, east wind. And Jonah said, oh, I'm so troubled even unto death. Then God said, you sympathize with the gourd because the gourd died. Why would you then not sympathize with 120,000 people? You see, God was teaching him certain lessons. But he used the east wind. The Bible says the sun's um, heat was so strong upon his head, he wished to die. Let me read for you. Jonah 4 verse 8. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Uh, 
It's not interesting. The instrument is controlled by light. And the Bible says, your word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 19 verse 105. Yeah? The word of God is light. But don't you know that you're also the light of the world? Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. So the east wind is parted by use of light. Let me read to you. Job 38 verse 24. By what way is the light parted which scatters the east wind upon the earth? It's the light that scatters the east wind upon the earth. And the light is the word of God. And that word of God comes from you because you're also the light of the world. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You know, you can also use the instrument to scatter the demonic spirits that attack your family. Where people are ever fighting, there's no argument. People are ever hurting each other. They're not seeing eye to eye and stuff like that. You know, until most people think that it's normal for family members to always fight. It's not normal. It's abnormal. We are people of peace because the Prince of Peace is our Savior. So we can live in peace if we want to. Okay. Jeremiah 18 verse 17, the Bible says, I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. So east wind can scatter the enemy. So you can assign your east wind to scatter the enemies, okay? Lies, violence, and destruction are also caused by the east wind. Lies, violence, and destruction. Hosea 12 verse 1. Ephraim feeds on wind and follows after the east wind. He daily increases lies and desolation, and they do make a covenant with the Assyrians, and all is carried into Egypt. Ephraim was supposed to have been God's child, but Ephraim decided to participate in lies and violence and things like that. So they ended up being carried to Egypt as slaves. You understand? Okay. Now, East is the direction we face as prophetic people when we want to hear God clearly. Because God lives in your heart, yes, but he also lives in the north. Okay? Heaven is situated to the north. Zion is straight to the north. Hebrews chapter 12 says that really very clearly. Yeah? Zion. You know, beautiful for situation. The God of the old earth is Mount Zion. To the north. Yeah? Mount Zion is to the north. Now, if, um, if you face east and north is on your left, Okay. You face east, north is on your left. But as prophetic people, when you want to hear God clearly, we use right angles. So that east, east is where? East is uh, east is uh, that way. Yeah, this way. That's east. Uh, yeah. So that means behind me is north, and that is south, and that is west. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're watching me, it's gonna be the opposite. Okay. Yeah. But you have your compass direction you can find for yourself. So there are times when to hear God clearly, we have to face east. And that's the reason why everything that has to do with Israel is to the east. The wise men came from the east. Daniel faced east when he prayed. You know, Solomon, when he gave that verdict uh, between the two prostitutes that were fighting over a child, he faced east to give that verdict. Okay? So it's always east, 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 east. All right? Even the children of, of Abraham, Ishmael, the Muslims, they like going to the east, to Mecca. You see? So there's something significant about east and prophetic people. But that's not the topic for this day. The topic for this day is east is a destroying wind. You can use it to destroy the enemy, not people. We don't fight flesh and blood. I, uh, I keep saying that. We don't fight flesh and blood. I can rebuke you. I can even avoid you. But I shouldn't fight you. Because you have been instructed by God not to fight flesh and blood. Okay? 
The Bible says we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. Okay? We don't fight people. We forgive people. We love people. We bless people. We don't fight them. Uh, if they're difficult to deal with, avoid them, but don't fight them. Okay? You can love them from a distance. Pray for them from a distance. Okay? But don't go fighting people. That's not the way. Now you may say, okay, what if somebody does something crazy? Is it okay for me to sue them? Yeah, suing them is not fighting them. Suing them is subjecting them to the legal process. Okay? Alright? Yeah, that's the legal process. There's, there's, there's a recourse. There's, there's justice in every, every civilization. And for people to live in peace and for people to live equitably, they have to follow the law. So, going for legal redress and stuff like that's not really fighting anybody that's called equity okay glory to jesus so so we face the east but that's a different story okay that's when i'm teaching about a prophet prophetic exhaust fear to the perpendicular okay but that's not what the, the lesson for today i taught that many months ago i think i should repeat it yeah i should revise it for your sake now so this is how you command the east wind. You say, I command the east wind to destroy all the enemies of my faith. These are not people. These are demonic forces, yeah? And to split open all red seas standing in my way. Things that are contrary to my progress. That's how you do it. And you say in the name of Jesus and it's done. All right, let's go to west wind. Was that helpful? So let's go to west wind. This is the wind of deliverance. When God wants to deliver you from demonic spirits or from trouble or from one place to another... Yeah, you're being delivered from being single to being married. You're being delivered from being barren to having a child. You're being delivered from being broke to having finances. You're being delivered from being sick to being healthy. You're being delivered from demonic oppression, from fear to faith, from depression to praise. Okay? It is the west wind that does that. So sometimes when you're casting out demons, we just say west wind, destroy the demon. And the person gets delivered really fast. These are prophetic codes, okay? So, Exodus 10 verse 19, the Bible says, And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts, which stand for demons, yeah? And cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt, okay? So that's it. It's as simple as that. So you say, west wind, I command that you blow over my life to deliver me from trouble. The same way the Egyptians were delivered from locusts by the west wind. And you say, in the name of Jesus. Simple, yeah? Okay, if you know these things, you're not going to suffer anymore like an ignorant person. South wind. South wind brings uh, provision and, and establishment of purpose, okay? Fulfillment of purpose. It brings your desire to come to pass, the pleasure, the things that you're pleased with, okay? So, in the book of Psalm 78, verse 26 to 27, the Bible says, He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power, he brought in the south wind. Result, because of the south wind, he rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls, like as the sand of the sea. So the quills that the Israelites ate in the wilderness were brought by the south wind. So your provision is brought by the south wind. The things you depend on, they are brought by the south wind, okay? You see, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't know some of these things, you'll just be praying like somebody shadow boxing, you know? shadow boxing. You need to pray in a focused manner for you to get results. Okay? So you say, South wind, my provision. 
You can't go without food if you pray like that. You can't go without money if you pray like that. Yeah? Your provision is something God already gave it to you. You see, the Bible says all things are already yours, but why is it that you're not enjoying them? Because of ignorance. You don't know how to appropriate them. And here's the reason why I'm teaching you how to appropriate these things in the name of Jesus, okay? Now, Isaiah 43 verse 6 says, I will say to the north, give up unto the south. Keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So, south wind will also restore relationships. If people have left you and they're people you love and you don't want them to go far away from you and you wish they could be close to say, south wind, bring them in Jesus' name. Okay? Are you getting that? These are the winds that control the earth. Don't think the earth is just there like some globe that's, you know, rotating on its axis and going around of the sun. You know, that's what, that's what we know in, in science. But the spiritual significance of, of the earth and the winds. It's those winds that cause it to spin, by the way. There are angels responsible for this thing. They, they move the earth the way you drive a car. They are responsible. They are called luminaries. In the Bible, they're called luminaries, okay? Angels responsible for the constellation. The ones responsible for the sun. You think the sun just operates by itself? It's operated by angels. Angel Uriel is responsible for the sun and these hot stars, okay? There are many angels responsible for these things. I'll teach you in the future, okay? Remember, God uses angels to do everything, all right? So you need to know the angels, you need to know their names. And they're all in the Bible, but most people don't read the Bible. But they want to make commentaries about the Bible. A lot of people open their mouths to criticize, especially preachers, but they don't they have not read the entire book. You see, if you're gonna talk about something, come prepared, well read, study, okay? When you find somebody saying, Oh, look at what he's preaching, he's preaching crazy things. <laughs> have you read it? I'm giving you the scriptures right here. Okay? Bible explains Bible. Scripture explains scripture. The Bible says the word of God is of no private interpretation. It interprets itself. But you need to know the whole book. Genesis all the way to Revelation. Plus the relevant books quoted in the Bible. For example, the book of Enoch is quoted in the, you know, in, uh, uh, in the book of Jude. Yeah? The entire book of Jude is an extract from the book of Enoch. Okay? So if you accept Jude, you'll have to accept Enoch. Because Jude didn't write that thing by himself. He copied from the book of Enoch. Okay? Now, a lot of the story of creation is copied from the book of Yasha. Yasha. The story of creation, the entire story of creation. Whether you talk about Noah, whether you're talking about uh, the flood and all those things. Abraham, name them. Isaac, Jacob, Laban, all those people. It was copied from Joshua. So Joshua is the authority that Moses quoted from when he wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy for us. Okay? You, you know about bibliography. The Bible also has a bibliography. It's been quoted from some place. It's a Bible with a bibliography. <laughs> okay. That the authors of the Bible cited authorities. Yeah. Is it not written in the book of Yasha? I got this information from the book of Yasha. Go and read, he tells you. Is it not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings? Is it not written in the book of Moses? Is it not written in the book of Yeduthun? Is it not written? These things, when you read them, how don't you see them there? So go look for the book and read it. 
He says, I can't tell you everything now. I don't have sufficient space. But if you need more information, go click the link in bio. Okay? <laughs> then you'll find the book of Yasha. Now, some people say, oh, those books are not canonical. You with your big words. <laughs> They're not canonical. Because some king somewhere decided to remove them out. The king was not an angel. The king was a political leader who wanted to control people. Yeah? That you, somebody says, don't read the book of Yasha, don't read the book of Enoch. We don't really think they're from God, but you're reading history books now that you're a history professor. You look at you, look at how foolish you are. You believe history, but you won't believe what is quoted in the Bible. You believe a newspaper. You, you, you read the newspaper on a daily basis. But if somebody says, I'm reading the book, I'm like, ah, don't touch it. You also drop the newspaper because most of what's written there is a lies. Huh? It's called the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the children's disobedience. The power of media mostly is lies. Yeah? They lie in a clever way because people like, they like gossip. But the children of God should not be involved in gossip. You've got to find out truth. Okay? The truth is what makes you free. All right, glory to God. So, um, Isaiah 43 verse 6 says, I will say to the north, give up, and south, keep not back, bring my sons from afar. Family restoration, that's, uh, that's south wind, okay? Your family is going to be rest restored. Yeah, when you know some of these things. Before Paul went to Italy, when he was going to see Caesar, he, he, was, uh, he appealed to Caesar because the Pharisees were troubling him. They got onto a boat, a ship actually, and the Bible says when the south wind blew, they knew that their purpose was established, so they set sail. So they waited for the south wind to blow, literally. So south wind stands for the establishment of your purpose, Acts 27 verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, you see that? Losing from there, they sailed by Crete. Okay? The queen of Sheba was blessed by the south wind and desired to hear the wisdom of Solomon. She was called the queen of the south. Okay? Matthew 12 verse 42 says, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. It was the, she was the queen of south. She was very rich and prosperous. Yeah? A person that can give gold and precious things to Solomon, who was the richest person on the earth, must have been extremely rich, okay? All right. So you can say, South wind smoothen my path. Yeah? To gear me towards my purpose. Bring me provision, restore my family in Jesus' name. Okay? Glory to God. The last wind, North wind. This one brings promotion and elevation. Promotion and elevation. Psalm 75 verse 67, the Bible says, For promotion does not come from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. He, he leaves the north, right? Because he was talking from the north. Okay. But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. Okay. So he say, north wind, bring me promotion, bring me elevation in Jesus' name. Promote my product. Promote my ideas. Promote my book. Promote my song. Promote my, my, my purpose, whatever I do. Let it be elevated and lifted. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay. That's how it goes. Now, if you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. 
I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again for my justification. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. Now I'm saved, born from above. Glory to Jesus. Let me say bye-bye to my podcast audience. This is your friend Joseph Helen signing out. Until the next episode, bye-bye.